get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, we'll see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we're back, boys. Another one of just dishing it. As you can see by my nameplate, if you're watching this on YouTube, OBX Benny. Yeah, I'm in the Outer Banks. Um, much needed, much needed vacation. It hasn't been much of a vacation. There's been a lot going on, um, you know, day job wise. But that's not important. That's not why you're all here. You're all here to hear us chop it up. I'm here, as always. Tunes, Derek, gentlemen, how are you? Not too bad. Wish I was uh, kicking it in the sun with uh, with you, Benny. Uh, quite jealous. I was able to at least uh, hit the driving range today. It's a beautiful day out in Buffalo, New York, and the golf courses are swamped. Mm. Quite literally, mm. it rained way too much. Uh, really? I don't yeah, know if a look of attention to the weather up there. How does the swing look? We need a scouting report on how Derek is doing. Um, I think that's crucial to the irons were, irons were getting striped. Um, driver was not good today. Driver was real bad. Um, driver, I, it, my problem with the range sometimes is that obviously, like I hate it's a it's a turf range, so you got to hit off of like the t- the turf tee, obviously. Oh, can't be doing that. Well, but I mean, and it's it's not my T height. It's not my T height. I know. So, dude, that's how that's how I am, right? Because I'll I'll go to the golf dome like in the winter, just to like once in a while. I tell myself every year I'm gonna go consistently, and I go like twice the whole winter. But um, when I do go there, a lot of times, like I don't even take out driver because what. You're making your comment about slacking off on training, wearing a fill the thrill shirt, and it's just so oh, yeah. incredible. That's amazing. Keep going. Totally. Um, on brand. But but yeah, like because I mean, I hitting off mats in general sucks, and it doesn't give you the best feedback. But at least it's better than not swinging at all. But when you've got to hit off those like rubber tees, I'm with you, Derek. It sucks because that's not the height that. I would like at least for me, it's not the height I would normally tee the ball off at. Mm-hmm. And like every single stall that you go to, each bay at that driving range is probably going to have a different height rubber tee. Almost every single one of them is. I'm thinking about just like leaving one in my bag that I know is my height. But then again, you get into the thickness of the like actual like you know, like the mat and stuff, you might get a different one, but you gotta, you gotta just go to, go to an all grass range. Yeah. That's what I usually do. There's one that I go to near my house, but it obviously won't be open for a hot minute with uh, our lovely weather that we've been having. But no, I think the, the nice, the, the turf, uh, well, the mat driving ranges, I think are good for your contact because you really got to work on because that's the only thing you can really do there. So yeah. and do that. And yeah. And also like I, I went to Bobo links and there's a road right to the left of it at, of the driving range. And I'm like pretty sure that they buy like shitty driving range balls, like old driving range balls. Cause like they're not all the same brand. So I'm pretty sure recycle they just buy balls. old. What? Recycle balls, I know. 
Yeah, I think they might just be old, like practice or old drive. Like they buy old driving range balls so that they're not as poppy, mm-hmm. so that people don't hit. Because like, there's a I mean, there's a, a shed that's downrange. There's like there's a house out there that you can hit on the floor. Yeah, two seventy five, no problem. And I'm I'm almost guarantee you. Like there was some pretty big dudes out there that were hitting the ball pretty hard, like where you can hear the whooshes coming from over your shoulder. Like you can hear someone striping the ball and he wasn't even close to hitting the shed. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that they buy like old janky balls so that you can't crush the house that's downrange. But. So maybe you get the effect of like, you get that effect of like, uh, oh, I'm putting every ounce of oomph into this, shot and it's not going where I think it should go so I gotta tin cup it when it comes to bucks yeah. the balls are the range and mm-hmm. a little more dull. I like it. If I owned a range I'd probably pull that to be honest with you. But yeah some of those old range balls you never know some of those I agree with you Derek. Sometimes I go not to that one specifically sometimes I I'm, I'm at the range and I'm like this is like hitting a large marble off the tee. It's brutal. Yeah, like, I don't even know if it's, like, my swing or if it's, like, the ball flight, like, the ball is shitty because it has, like, very to little, no, like, no dimples on it, so I don't know. Yeah, it's going to run over by the mower 17 times before it ends up on your little rubber tee that you keep in your bag. Yeah, not fun. Um, Yeah, so, been quite the week, fellas. I mean, there's been a lot going on. We have the National championship go down for the NCAA. The Frozen Four has occurred since then big for us Sabres fans. It was not good for me betting like nothing has been the past month and a half. Um, neither the Frozen Four games or the national title game. Um, Owen Powers making his debut this week. The night we're recording this actually while we're here this Thursday. He's making his debut against the Leafs Tuesday night. Got it recorded on the DVR. It's going to be a big one. Derek's got the Michigan hat on. I love it. Um, and before I thought we continue I, into the full content. I almost dude, wore I, oh. There we go, buddy. Ooh, look the at it. Oh, coming. boy. Oh, my God. The there it is. I've been Fire me up. You know, what, you know what we did? You know what we did is what we... Benny faked an injury so that we could put him on LTIR and pick up a couple guys, and then he could come back for the playoffs, and we wouldn't be over the cap in our Harbor Center League. That's exactly what he did, folks. He was wearing a cast for the last, like, four to six weeks. Kid didn't even have a broken wrist. <laughs> Damn it. I should have done Benny Cooch on my Benny Kucherov on my nameplate for today. I right. OBX Benny. Um, yeah, but no, it's good. Um, scans look good. We got to go back in two weeks. Um, looking like I'm going to be on the shelf for, for a little bit deeper into the playoffs. But I tell you what, the, the motions and the stretching and things I'm doing inside the heated pool, inside the hot tub, loving it. It's it's going to be big. I, I might be able to, to do a little hot skip and a jump back, you know, skip over some timetables that the docs are giving me, but we'll see. Um, now, are you are you limited? Guys. Are you limited to twelve ounce cans right now, or can you go with the sixteen ounce glass in that arm? Labatt is. I am a through and through Labatt individual. I love that brand. I love their product. These Bud Light and 
uh, Next, I believe they're called. They keep wanting to say NXT. I don't know why. I think that's a wrestling thing. Whatever. But like Next, boys. I mean, they're like half beer. They're like a half light beer, half seltzer. And when you're out in the sunshine and you just want to crush some drinks like a complete savage, get back to uh, get back to those maybe those college roots. That is the go-to. It is amazing because sometimes I'm not feeling a seltzer. You know, I want a little bit of that. You know, for the cheap beer taste, I want some fizz. You know, kind of a refreshing, crisp taste. I'm really liking them this week. They're easy to get down here. You can't really get Labatt much anywhere down here. So I had to improvise, but I'm sticking with those mainly. I've had a little bit of tequila. You know, you're on the beach. You got to have a little tequila. But uh, as far as flat out beers, suitor, as far as flat out beers, I'm trying to be responsible because I don't want to put on more pounds, you know, diminish the cardio any more than I already have on the shelf for this playoff run that I can hope be a part of for the burners. So that's where we're at with that. I'm, I'm being responsible in that way to answer your question. I am not crushing 16-ounce glasses of, you know, blue heavy because that just that's not what, you know, that's, that's not reckless, what it seems That's like. reckless when you're in a playoff chase. <laughs> Real reckless. I, it's way too reckless. I'm, you know, I, I can do that to the fellas. If I'm back, I got to have at least 50% of my normal skating shape. And if I'm crushing up blue heavies, absolutely not. You know, the, the, the days for doing that and waking up and going and playing, long gone. Not going to happen gone. again. So, no. yeah, long gone. Can't be doing that anymore. Um, but, yeah, uh, transitioning from that, though, fellas. Enough about me. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Um, Scotty, come on. I mean, Scotty, Tudor, Derek, you guys are big golf yeah. guys. I know you pay probably mm-hmm. closer attention to pro golf than me. What a performance. Um, I got a shout out to one to one individual at the end of this, but I want to give Scotty the floor here because the guy has been on an absolute tear. I don't know if one of you two wants to take this. The masterclass I saw this weekend at Dude, the Masters. Unbelievable. He's, he's been playing ridiculous golf. And going into this tournament, my thought process was, I mean, he just got to world number one ranking. You know, do you ride that into the Masters and bet on the guy? You know, there's so many people that go into those big majors at number one and, and don't win, right? Because it's a tough tournament. Dude played unbelievable all weekend, and this was his third win since February, his third win in his last five starts, and to date in 2022, he's already made over $10 million on tour. Uh, And by the way, he's 25 years old. He was born in 1996, fellas. Uh, Yeah. So just unbelievable, just ridiculous guy, and... You know, it's cool because he does it with kind of an unorthodox swing, too. If you watch some of the breakdowns of his swing, particularly off the tee, um, very aggressive, not necessarily um, the uh, Adam Scott picturesque, perfect golf mechanics, but 
God damn, he hits the ball so solid every single time. It just sounds different off the face of his club. Um, so good for Scotty. Um, excited to see what he does the rest of the season and through his career because, I mean, this guy at 25 years old, hopefully he's doing this for a long time. Yeah, I mean, that was... Yeah, I mean, cool is the other side of the pillow, this guy. He is... That was a cool monster. A All those three cool. And also, yeah. for the rest of his life now, he's going to be able to tell people that he won the Masters with a four-putt on 18. A four putt on <laughs> yeah. eighteen. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've won. I don't think I've ever won a scramble with my buddies. You know, for for who's buying beer for the next round with a with a three putt, let alone a four. This guy cans it and buries the Masters after four of them. Yeah. That's incredible. An absolute legend. There was a point where I was watching it, like. You think this guy, he's just throwing a little curveball and he's just having a little fun because completely from Friday on work to the field, just out here, it was like a morning skate, just doing whatever he felt like. You know what? The, the key for him, too, it was it was steady Eddie golf, really. He, he posted four rounds under par, um, his best round being on Friday, but he shot one under 71 Saturday and Sunday, and you could just tell he was – he was shaping shots a little bit when he was feeling it, but overall he was just doing what he needed to do and not making the stupid play. Uh, you know, there were some guys that were really going for it and it got windy and, you know, greens got a little bit. Tough. Yeah. I mean, and at some point you kind of have to go for it when you're chasing down the leader, right? Like you have to make a move yeah. because, you know, you got to make birdies or it doesn't matter. Um, you know, Rory's chase, on, Rory's chase Rory, on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, Rory God. was unbelievable. And Rory is. I love Rory so much. Um, just an unbelievable player. And next to Tiger, he would, he's my favorite um, up there next to him. And just. Unbelievable guy. Got a little Rory story, actually. Uh, 2013, first year I started working at the golf course, I got real into it. The PGA Championship came to Rochester. It was at Oak Hill. So I went to two of the days with some uh, some of my friends, and I'm walking through, and Rory's standing at the Omega Watch Tent, uh, who's one of his uh, sponsors. And, you know, I kind of just like, you know, I was 17 years old. you know, lean over. And I was just like, Hey, Rory, just thought he'd give like a little wave and walk away. Dude turns around as he's walking out with his sponsors, walks up to me, goes, Hey man, how's it doing? Grabs, grabs like a Sharpie out of his pocket, signs my hat. And I told him good luck. And he just smiled and he's like, thanks man. And walked away. And I was like, that was like the coolest interaction for a kid trying to get into golf at like 17. Ever since then, I will jump in front of a bus for Rory McIlroy. Nicest guy in the world. And, you know, he's – it's kind of frustrating to watch sometimes because he's got the talent where I truly believe, as you saw on Sunday, when Rory plays his best, I don't think anyone in the world is better than him. 
he just doesn't do it all the time. And I think he's one of those guys where it almost makes me like him a little more. He's a family man. He's got, you know, his wife, his, his young child, and he enjoys that aspect of life and realizes there's more to life than golf. I think, um, yeah, so, I think he I think he cruises along on the tour as of late. Like, I mean, he he gets a good shot. He gets a good shot and he kind of pushes for it. Obviously, you saw um, with the Masters Sunday, um, he had a shot at it was kind of up there all weekend and was able to kind of make a push. But um, yeah, I, I mean, he he won big early when he was young. Like you said, family man. Now, I'm sure he's pretty solid with making top 20s. It kind of makes me like him a little more, too, because I think some of these guys, it's like golf first, everything else after. And Rory just seems like one of those guys where he's like that double. He's so naturally gifted. That Uh, double hole out, you really saw his like fun side because, you you know, he's always and especially he's really hard on himself on the course. Um, That double hole out with Morikawa on 18 was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, the, that was that was good to see and like to get the Patriots really into it. Yeah. And, you know, Morikawa saying, you know, uh, afterwards, you know, how much, you know, he loves Rory and how, how pumped he was for him and stuff. And, you know, at, on one of the biggest stages, you know, on, you know, Masters. Yeah. Rory, I mean, Rory obviously, both that. of those guys know that, that they probably um, I know that they were probably out of it by then and they probably had realized that. So they were kind of having a little bit more fun with it, but that's a good way to go out. You know, you know, I don't, I don't know that Rory thought he was out of it at that point though, because I guess it that just, got him. He needed to some minus, help. Well, that got, yeah, but that got him to minus seven and Scheffler was a good bit behind him and the course was playing tough. So it was not out of the question, you know, if a couple bogeys happen where, you know, he's going to a playoff or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that, I, that I think he, seven, you post the number. Posting a number in golf, no? Yeah. Coming in. But I think for Rory, like you're too long. If you, but if you're plus one going into the last day, like he was, and the leader is sitting, you know, eight, nine shots ahead of you, you're not necessarily thinking you're going to track that guy down going into the day, right? So your thought process is going to be, all right, like, let's try to climb the leaderboard as much as we can. Let's play loose. Let's have fun and let's have a good day. Now, all of a sudden, after the first nine holes, you're kind of reevaluating that and looking at the leaderboard and saying, oh, shit, I'm not really out of this. And the way I'm hitting the ball right now, I'm rolling. And and I think probably that second nine when he started really making a push and, you know, got made an eagle and things like that. He's, he's going for it. Um, you know, 1.6 million for second place isn't too bad. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. No, I mean, I thought he it was, it. He, uh... go ahead, Derek. No, I just thought he was, um, it was good to see him at the top again. Um, obviously like, yeah, I, he definitely wasn't out of it, but I think, he couldn't have done any better and you know in his game to like you know he was on 18 obviously in that terms but he would have had to have a couple you know couple drop for him you know in order to really get back into it there but um you know it was a great finish uh I mean, shout out to Scotty that was a hell of a hell of a win and he just cruised along i mean a minus 5 on you know 5 under on 
I think what was that Friday? Yeah, that that kind of sets you up when everyone's not really shooting that low, where par is getting you by. I mean, I I looked at the. It was crazy to look at the leaderboard afterwards. Top ten was even, so yep. on the weekend, which is just insane. Which Tells that's a good tournament too. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that's. It's way more fun to watch golf when these guys struggle than I don't want to see twenty under by Sunday. No, I mean that's but that's what happens in some of like the the non major events. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not all of them, but some of those are at courses where these guys can kind of go out there and have their way. And you know, Augusta's not going to do that for you. I find it really funny. Um, it obviously. Uh... It makes a difference when there's fans there, um, but I always just find it very weird, the layout of two on Augusta, that, like, the green is just, like, in the middle of, like, just nothing. Just, like, a massive fairway. Like, and then there's just, like, other holes around it. Like, there's no trees, nothing. It's just, like, a green right there, and it's just, like, this massive par five dog leg left. Like, yeah, it's, and that, it's a really weird one. And I don't know... <laughs> I'd be curious to see. I don't know how they play all those holes for members there when the Masters isn't going on. Obviously, they can't change it too much because, you know, like Oak Hill, for example, they only host a PGA event once every 10 years. So they change the course up a little bit for the tournament to make it tougher for those guys, understandably Mm so. Um but it takes time and it takes effort to do that. I don't know how much it changes if it does at all at Augusta. If you're just a member there there's, playing, there's no way they probably uh, just keep it. I, from what it sounds like, the way that you know with the Augusta stories and everything, and like how they just like to keep it super pristine and everything, and I mean to the point where that they make the broadcast feed in fucking bird noises onto the broadcast to make it sound more peaceful out on the course. Um, but I, 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 they do it all. I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt that they probably keep it pretty close. I bet you they move up the tees. That's probably, well, no, they it. definitely move up the tee. Every tournament does because yeah, no doubt you, you have to, for these guys, you know, you can't have a, you know, 375 yard, par four you know mm-hmm. these these guys will demolish that um yeah they're know. gonna they're gonna literally hit a, a drive and then a bump and run in and call it a day but i mean 375 I, I, par four i can figure out a way to par that son of a bitch i'll tell you that that's so right. if, if that's i can par that, that that's just not that's that's not ideal for a major no no i mean i would imagine that they probably can they probably just the way that Augusta is. They probably, uh, they probably just move up the tees and keep it pristine. Um, I wanted to bring up one more thing. I had sent it to Maddie. Actually, you know, this kind of keeping on with our our uh, merchandise background um, with brand exclusivity. Um, saw a video that the uh, that the Pro Shop at Augusta National brings in $850,000 per hour in merchandise. Yep. $50 million on the week, roughly. Um, and this is including not only patrons, but players also. 
like and an average patron is an average their average per customer is eight hundred fifty dollars at the pro shop and it's because their merch is so exclusive it's the only place to get it secondary market is also insane for that but it's like one of the most low-key exclusive brands in the entire world and like no one really like talks about it like it's just like oh it's the masters and then there's even more i um matt sent me an article that he read in espn if you play in it or you're a member you get a uh, access to the members shop inside and um instead of the masters logo like it's saying masters above the logo um it says augusta national and that's like even more pristine like tony finau was quoted saying like he's dropped anywhere from a thousand to three thousand dollars per visit at the masters um i can't remember who it was uh it was one of the previous winners said that he was trying to buy um he, he looked at an ashtray inside of the uh members pro shop on the inside and uh he picked it up and it was the roosevelt tree that had been damaged in a storm probably one of the bigger trees on the in uh, probably the run up to augusta national or something or i don't know where it is but there's definitely some significance to it the wood was made from that tree and um he looked at the bottom of it it said eighteen hundred dollars for this fucking ashtray he went he was like well i, I gotta get it he enjoys a good cigar he was like i just finished you know he had a good he was like i had a good finish last week i'll get it yeah the um, day that the day that i could afford to spend eighteen hundred dollars on an ashtray yeah yeah i know so he was and, and his justification was oh i had a top 10 finish last week or some shit so he went and bought it and he goes or he goes up to go buy it and the lady at the cash register now imagine telling like a pro golfer this like she goes, oh, no, sorry, honey, you can't buy that. That's for members only. Yeah. And it's like, that's no, how that's, exclusive it is. Like, that's it's, no joke. It's <laughs> people don't realize that. And I do want to get back to, like, some of the apparel after this. But what people don't realize a lot of times is even if you're a PGA professional, you can't just show up at any golf course and go play whenever you feel like it. You still need to be invited to go play there if it's a private course. Like, you know, it's probably a little bit different if you're Tiger Woods, um, you know, but the average tour pro, if they want to play like some of the top courses in the country, like I listened to an interview Pat Perez did about it, he still needs invites from a from a member, a, from a member yeah. to go play there yeah. and, and they they take that stuff very seriously and i mean i i guess rightfully so right if you're a member there and you pay all that money to be there you're paying for that exclusivity uh and and it kind of cheapens it yeah. if anyone can just show up and and partake um but i do kind of with the apparel um, I didn't know those stats, Derek. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I had a buddy that went to the Masters a couple of years ago, and he's got some cool apparel. Like he had like a visor, a golf shirt, a pullover that I'm sure ran a lot. And I like I thought about it and like obviously Masters is a bucket list item for me and I would totally drop, you know, within reason what I can afford in, in apparel if I went there. But the secondary market is so interesting to me because I don't know about you guys, but like I would totally drop some cash in there if I had the opportunity to go to the tournament, but I wouldn't want to if I wasn't there. 
I'm right. Like, like if I wasn't there, I don't want like a secondary polo that has like the logo on it from like online yeah, okay. from someone selling it. Cause it's like, then like somebody's going to see me in it and they're going to be like, Oh man, like you went to the masters too. And I'm be like, Oh no, I didn't. I got this on eBay. Like, yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Cause like, that was the biggest thing that like, that was what Fina was quoted in that ESPN, ESPN article was that he, like it's the only way to show that you were there. Like you right. you're not given shit. Like yeah. you're you're invited to the masters and like that's about it. But like you're yeah, you're not given anything. Like you have to purchase everything. So like I mean, every caddy I imagine that's wearing a masters hat purchases something, you know, wears is buying that, you know. I, it's crazy. And then also to add on to the brand exclusivity, I had heard a interview a couple of years ago, um, or read an article uh the reason why there's so much coverage for masters weekend like when you went onto the masters website you could log on no problem watch the full day featured I heard something about this too, yeah, yeah they um they literally have have it in their broadcast rights deal that whoever gets the broadcast rights can't make any money off of the masters so that's why there's no commercials um it's all free uh, and that's just like the brand standard that they hold to them and they get to put, they get to do whatever they want. So I think it was CBS that had it this year. So, I mean, it's just like, it's kind of one of those things that is like, what, what are you going to do? Not take the masters broadcast. It's one of the most watched like sporting events all year for four days straight, you know, especially this year with a tiger yeah. comeback, I would imagine the numbers are probably pretty high and it's like, it sucks that you can't make any money off of it, but I'm sure that they find other ways to do it. And it's like, it's probably just like one of those things to like, say like, Oh, we have the masters this year kind of thing. For sure. Dude. I agree with you guys completely. I ain't spending a dime on any secondary market master. <laughs> you can kick rocks. I am not none. Zero. I'm pulling that stuff out of the bag myself i'm going in that pro shop myself if i'm getting it the only the closest to the secondary market i'm going to get is because i'm there with tutor i got a good spot watching rory rip one down 13 he's over grabbing some hot dogs and some beers and so i'm gonna swing through the pro shop you can grab uh, grab me a pullover and then i'll pull that out of tutor's bag other than that i don't want any secondhand purchases none of that crap that's all i'm First hand. That's a first hand purchase ten out of ten times for me. No doubt. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. One thing I want to touch on before we switch over to uh you know, a little bit of hockey before we get out of here though, fellas. Um I know you two are massive Tiger fans. I respect the crap out of Tiger Woods. Incredible what the guy's done with his career. You guys seem to um for me, um I, I'm just more of like a, I don't know. I watch it for the curiosity and the, the spectacle that Tiger Woods is. I don't have an emotional attachment to Tiger Woods because um, I didn't watch golf too much. I was always playing it. I played it outside. My, you know, I was lucky enough when I was young. I think I've talked about it on here before. My dad every spring and summer would mow a putting green. You know, we had like a little par three and. Um, in my house in Albion for years growing up. Um, I didn't watch a ton of golf. So I missed a lot of those big tight moments. Um, 
you know, I, I, that just wasn't my guy. It was when I was younger, around that age when he was dominating, it was a little more, uh, you know, NHL stuff or Michael Jordan kind of thing, right? Or, you know, the, the, the 90s NBA is kind of my time scale there. But for you two, I know how big it was for Tiger coming back and playing in this tournament. So I want you guys to kind of say words about what you saw, what you thought of him, because even with his score finishing on the day, I mean, in some of the shots he hit, you know, just the spectacle he is to watch, you know, the coverage he gets, the crowd he gets, it's it's unlike anything you can really watch in team sports, in my opinion, these days. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, I'll say that I'll just make it quick that Benny, I'm kind of like you. I really didn't watch a lot of golf growing up. I mean, I've seen some of those moments. I watched a little bit here and there. Um, like of those bigger moments with Tiger, you know, uh, back in the day when we were younger, didn't really get like the significance of it. Um, but, you know, got to watch the whole Masters run when he came back. And like, that's kind of like what made me like really fall in love with them. And then just like also just understanding the whole, like what he's been able to do. It's just insane, obviously. But um, yeah, no, it was great to see him back. He definitely struggled. Um, he, he put it all out. He, he left it all out there. He he played as hard as he could. And it's tough. I, that's one hell he of a course. And one, he yeah, he looked, yeah, he looked, he looked tired. He put it all out there. Um, I mean, he started out great. Two first, uh, the first two rounds were awesome. I mean, he played flat out awesome. I mean, looked like he didn't skip a beat. Um, showed that the Masters is his one of his courses, and uh, I mean, I can't ask for too much more. Won me a good amount of money, made the cut. That's all I can really ask for. Dumbass sports books were giving Tiger make the cut at plus odds. Stupid. Free money. <laughs> Free money. Yeah, you think that Tiger's not coming out? If you don't think Tiger's coming out to the Masters to miss the cut, you're a fucking idiot. He's uh he's never missed the cut at Augusta. Yeah, I that's exactly it. I think that was a little bit of like a low key promo that they were tossing because it really wasn't like announced anywhere I, on sports that, books. But that was like, getting people in the door because you get people like me who yeah. are gonna bet Tiger to win because we love him. Um, you know, absolute heart bet, but you're gonna root for it anyway, so why not ride it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, like it was it was just good to see him out there again and and looking like he really can compete right those first two days he was in the mix he shot one under day one uh and he was in the mix and you could tell you know whole round three he started out bogey birdie it was even and then whole five he took a double and from there, like, things started to kind of go downhill. He shot 78 Saturday and Sunday, and he just looked tired. He was fatigued, but that's to be expected, right? He missed a lot of time. He had a devastating leg injury, and he had to walk 72 holes. You know, that's that's a lot on the and it body. Was cold. It was cold, too. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot on the body if you didn't go through the surgery that he went through. Um, so, you know, good for him, but I think for a lot of people – I'd say our age to, you know, that 40 year old, maybe Mark, you know, that kind of, you know, 10 to 15 year gap there. It's really 
Tiger made golf cool for a lot of us, right? Mm -hmm. Golf was always that, you know, thing where you hesitated to call it a sport back in the day and everyone that played looked like they could be a fucking accountant, um, you know, and then all of a sudden <laughs> Tiger comes out there and he's got that swag and he's got, you know, the Nike apparel and at one point he had his own Gatorade and Tiger made golf cool for a whole generation of kids that might not necessarily have loved golf otherwise. And watching him with some of those iconic shots, like his chipping on 16 and, and things like that over the years, those are the moments that as a kid made me and so many other people want to go outside and just practice for hours. Right. Those are the moments that really drew you into the game. Like think about any other sport, right? Like how many kids were in their driveway practicing buzzer beaters, pretending they were Michael Jordan. Well, there's a whole generation of kids and a lot of them are on tour now. And you know, the Jordan Spieths, the, the Justin Thomases, like that whole era of PGA professional grew up idolizing Tiger Woods. Ricky Fowler is a good friend of Tiger's now. It's like, it's cool to see the impact he's had on the game. I don't think any athlete in any sport has impacted their sport nearly the way that Tiger has for his. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, JT is another example. Yeah. I think Tiger, the only thing that I would say is close to what Tiger has done is Michael Jordan. I think that's the only yeah. one that yeah. you can find. I mean, even, even Scotty Scheffler, right? Scotty Scheffler talked about it this weekend, and they said, like, they asked, like, what impact it had with Tiger being there, and Scheffler literally plays the tailor-made TW irons that are Tiger irons. That's what's in his bag that he just won with. He had Tiger Woods Nike golf shoes on. He wore the polo that Tiger wore. Yeah, like, I was going to say round one, he opened he, up with the Tiger polo. Yeah, like he he really like, and that's your that's your example right there. Your 25-year-old Masters winner this year just went out there in all Tiger gear because that's his idol. Like, it, I mean, it's, yeah. it's incredible, man. I mean, and you want to talk about you know, brands too. That's one thing that, um, you know, Tiger's done in golf, but Jordan's done that, you know, in the, the lifestyle and the culture mm -hmm. um, as well. I mean, I sent you guys the picture the other day of Bubba Watson hitting on the range with his uh, CBD MD visor and his uh, Carolina blue uh, dunks. Like what a, what a vibe yeah. that is, but Michael Jordan. Yeah. He's, he's up there too. He's transcended. Uh, he was know, also just, rocking just the brand new, he was rocking the brand new Jordan uh, Masters, uh, Masters Green. Uh, I think they're Jordan Twelve golf shoes that just released. A buddy of mine got a pair of them. He he lucked out. But yeah, yeah. yeah. all white, all white golf, all white golf shoe, all white golf shoe though. Not good in Western New York. He lives in Florida though, so that's why he's able to do it. Yeah, it works a little like, better for. Yeah, I can't get away with an all-white golf shoe in Western New York. There's See, I got, I got the all, white. I got the all whites because I think they look better with some of my stuff. But like, you definitely got to have backup pairs, and you have to plan for the weather. Like, if it rained hard the night before, don't wear them. See, but that's the thing is, if I'm getting like a white 
pair, I'm going to get like some classic FootJoy whites that are going right. to be waterproof ones. So I'm going to want to wear them when they're a little bit, when it's a little more wet, but it just doesn't work like that. I keep thinking this is going to be every year the golf comes back. I keep saying, I'm like, I wonder if this is the year I actually buy the golf shoes. Because I don't wear golf shoes. Really? I don't, I don't know, know how why. you do it. I can't. Buddy, it gets in my head so much when I am standing there and my feet don't move. My really, feet don't move anyways, but, but knowing that I, like, when I step in there and I'm locked in, I start thinking about where my hips are, how I'm following through, because I don't know what it is. I got this weird mental block about it. I, like, I wear the CP3 basketball shoes when I play golf. That is my go-to really? sure I yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> but, like you should at least just get buddy, like like they do, make them, like No, I I'm not gonna be that guy that comes out in the Adidas three stripe all black turf dogs and look like an absolute pigeon out there. I'm not gonna Oh do no, that. I'm saying no, I'm saying friend. just I won't No, I'm just saying wear like I just gotta wear like a uh, wear, um, like a like a not a cleat. They make non cleat style golf shoes, but I can't wear them because the reason I wear the cleat is because it's usually when it's shitty and wet outside is when I need it. So, but I, they make. You I mean, know, they make I hear you. Do you know what it is too? I think for years I haven't used the driver. My my swing speed has slowed down a significant amount, and I just go for the clean contact. I think if I get the driver back and I start really ripping that and maybe the swing changes a little bit on the other clubs, that might be a situation where I'm like, I, I got to stop this nonsense. But until then, it's kind of, it feels like my thing. Who was Derek? Who was that Michigan quarterback? That plays what? You remember that guy, the football player, the quarterback, um, old quarterback from Michigan. Couldn't, didn't tie issues. Robert oh, Denard Robinson, Robinson yeah. yeah. Yeah, his nickname was Shoelace. Yeah, Shoelace, yeah. That's that's kind of my thing a little bit. I got, I got you know, you know, some hard traction, but for some reason I know I, I don't I don't think too much because that's when I get into trouble playing golf. It's like, oh, look, I got these new clubs. I got this new ball. I got these new shoes. So I should be just birdieing everything. Whereas if I walk out there and I'm on the tee box, I'm hitting a three wood on a 600 yard par five and a pair of basketball shoes. Expectations are low, and I'm out there just swinging away. So, see, there, there, there are two different golf players, and there, there is, uh, there is, there is a tutor who is talking about his white, white leather. I challenge you to not have me as your partner on a scramble with my men. I challenge you to, to turn that down. Buddy. I'm I, just, right now. I just always love. I just always love the mentality. Well, some expectations low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'll always impress myself. We're out there to have fun. I don't want to start because I lose my mind when I start golfing with people too often. Where you know, we're out of the look municipal course right and you're you're pissed off on hole three because you're, you're you hit you know say it's a par say it's three par fives and you're shooting a 20 and 
you're like, oh, you're cursing, you're spiking your clubs. It's like, buddy, you get paid to be here. You ain't getting paid to be here. You're going to have some crappy shots. Lighten up. We're out here to have fun. That's half the fun of golf sometimes. Not everyone's going to have the magical round. You're going to strike one where you're, you're not going to be like, ooh, I misread that fade. No, there was no fade there. You just stand and you're going 75 yards right into the woods. That's okay. You know, we're all amateurs here. We're out here having fun. We're a little that's my take on golf sometimes. It suits me well so far. But uh, when we get to when we get a funker out there and we do the just additionate version of the sandbagger or you know the extra bonus content for the Patreon one day, maybe I'll tighten it up for the followers. You know, maybe I'll tighten it up for for the crew. But until then, I'm gonna keep it loose, keep it light. That's how that's how I approach the game. So you're not gonna see me teeing off the time. I'll tell you that. Mm, nope. There's my feeling golf game, fellas. That's it. That's what I got. Um, to, to save any chirping rebuttals that I know Tudor's tucking up over there with my nonsense, um, I want to shift to just a wee bit of hockey talk here before we go, because Derek, own power playing tonight against the Toronto yes, Leafs. Um, yes, it's a big night for Sabres fans. Uh, big night for the league as far as I'm concerned. He's the third... There are some unbelievable defensemen that have entered this league recently in the NHL. This league, as if I'm fucking playing it. What a clown I am. Um, the, there's, there's, there's some unbelievable defensemen in the NHL right now that have come in. And, but he is, he's a bit different for me. I don't know. Derek is a Michigan fan. I don't know how much of his games you watch this year. I watched quite a bit of on power. The way... That he plays the game, the ease at which he plays it, and how out of place he looked in college hockey with how easy it was for him. I don't recall seeing anything like that before. If, I, yeah, if I'm was... missing somebody, I'm sorry. But I have yeah. never seen anything like that out of a defenseman in college hockey before. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's he just plays the game with ease. It's silky smooth. And, like, it's one of those situations where, and I'm hoping that it translates over to the NHL, is, like, I mean, obviously in college you're going to notice him because he's, like, a center point of, like, the offense there. But I'm kind of hoping that he kind of just falls into that, like, role of, like, you just don't notice him on the ice necessarily because he's, like, that good. He just fills in his spot and, like, you just, like, he, he, he's where he's supposed to be. That's how I always judge like a, a, a good, solid, like stay at home defenseman. Um, someone who's not necessarily quarterbacking the play, I guess. Um, if you don't really notice them, you're not really talking about them. I'd say they're doing their job. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, yeah. they're, they fill it's in, they know where they're supposed to. What was that? I was going to say it was interesting too, because I know, He's a Chelsea fan, so he watches a little bit of the football. But, um, you know, big draw this weekend, uh, this past weekend for my Liverpool Reds. But during the game, the commentators, there's a center back on Liverpool. He's a guy. He is are pretty, pretty widely considered the best center back in the world, Virgil van Dijk. And they were talking about the ease at which he plays the game. And the one guy was saying, he's like, I got to be honest with you. I've called probably 30 of his games since he's been in the Premier League. I don't think I've seen him slide to make a tackle once in a game I've been calling. 
and I'm sitting there and I'm like, this guy's just, he's fucking around. There's no way. That's like a huge part of soccer is the sliding tackle. And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, well, not really because of the way he's never out of position. He's the mental part of the game. He's always two steps ahead. And that is kind of the, the pace in what I see with Owen Power when I watch him play, especially at yeah. the college level. I just hope it translates to the pros. It's that ease. It's that you don't notice him because he doesn't have to do anything drastic. He doesn't have to slide and reach and make like a second poke check of a guy that's pulling away from him on a breakaway. He's always in front. He's got his positions. So like I said, we'll see if that translates to the NHL. I think at a time it will. But I've never seen also, I've never seen that level of calm from a defenseman at the college level before. It it was only anything I've ever seen. Sorry, Dad, what, what were you saying? I did see um I was tempted to take it. I'm looking currently right now to see what uh there was We got a own power time on ice total. On the, on the sports no, I'm trying to see. Uh, I'm trying to see. There was. I know that his for any time goal scorer was a plus seven hundred. I don't know if I can take that, um, but I know that. I'm gonna see if there was, because I, I feel like he's gonna put up a point tonight. Yeah, oh, they don't have really? a. They don't. They don't have them listed under points, so I. I wouldn't be able to get it. I don't know why. But. Yeah. yeah, I was hoping that there would be yeah, points okay. for him, but nothing. So, but yeah, no, I mean it should be a okay. good game. Yeah, we got many more years of this. There, man. Oh. Um, on that note, um, I think uh, it looks like we lost Tudor too. Surprisingly, he was the one that got booted here, but. Um, <laughs> we got about from when we're recording this, fifteen minutes till puck drop. I gotta get up there. We got the seafood boil going here. I gotta grab some of that. I gotta get the stream up. Um, thank you everybody so much for listening. This has been a great episode as always. These always fly by even with you know worrying about connection issues. Derek and Tudes, you guys are awesome. Picking up the slack this week, um, making it work with me on this rough connection. Didn't expect it to be quite this bad, but you know, we got to give the people the show. That's what we got to do. Make it work. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week for another episode of Just Fishing It. See you. Peace.